welcome back to BC and Maurice's Constant Content Crisis, where we chew our way through the red herrings to spit out the pearly goodness. This week, we are going to be discussing HBO's serial, Mayor of Easttown. Say hello, BC. Hello, everyone. I say H-B-O. Okay, Mayor of Easttown. It's a little while since I watched Mayor of Easttown, so maybe, BC, you can take the lead on this one. It's been a while indeed. Um, back in our first podcast, I mentioned an article that uh, I came across that uh, focused on Kate Winslet's accent in the Mayor of Easttown. Didn't know anything about the show. All I knew was that the Philly accent, which now I understand is called the Delco accent, Mm. which may come from the abbreviation of Delaware County. And this show was made in the region and inside, inside and outside of Philly. And that's all I needed to know. Because you're a native, right? Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm from Philly, born and raised, and just to see that this show is being made with an emphasis on that accent, because when you watch movies that are based in Philly, no one has a Philly accent. Mm. It's a rarity. You usually hear Boston, New York, or the actors don't even attempt it because it's so difficult. And Kate Winslet said it was amongst the top three most difficult accents that she had to use for a show or movie. Mm. So I was enticed, so I had to watch. And lo and behold, this was an amazing TV series. And I watched it three times. The care that Kate Winslet, Inglesby, and Z- um, and Craig Zobel. Zobel. But there is a character called Zabel, so yeah. I, can, I can forgive that one. Yeah, uh, Zabel put into this show. Zobel. Uh. <laughs> Zabel's the detective. Uh, Zobel's Zob- the director. Yes. Um, that doesn't help because I keep staring at Colin Zabel <laughs> on the screen right Detective now. Colin Zabel. <laughs> Instead of Zobel. I, well, I did feel, like, before you go on, like I feel like that's got to have been intentional. That has to be a nod to the director. Their names are just too similar. I believe it is a nod to someone, actually. Yeah. It might be the director, but I believe it is a nod to uh, someone associated with the director or the writer. Right, right. Um, you're correct. So Zobel um, and Inglesby really gave a free reign to uh, Kate Winslet and a number of the actors to play with the dialogue, mm. rewrite the script. Um, Kate Winslet was the uh, executive producer on this. This character was someone that was very important to her because she played uh, the character of Mare is a detective, a mother, a grandmother, a friend, a leader in the community. She takes on all these roles while failing to find a missing uh, woman 
and trying to tamper down all the tragedy that she's experienced. And that's seen all over her face. And this is one of the toughest yet most beloved characters that um, Kate Winslet ever played. Yeah. And Inglesby is from the region. Right. He's right outside of, he's from right outside of Philly as well. And again, it shows the affection that he has for the Delaware County. And he has written other movies and shows and some of them set um, in the region, but wasn't allowed to film there for various reasons and HBO allowed them to do so. But it's all about authenticity, authenticity of the characters, the clothes, uh, the food, the location, all of it feels real, mm. naturalistic, and, um, and believable to a fault. And the heart of this murder mystery is community and love and affection in the middle of all the pain between the drug addiction you see, the murders, the fights, the uh, infighting among, within the family. On top of all of it is this daily struggles that people suffer uh, in small town America. For some reason, it's making me think of, you know, when Goodwill Hunting came out and the Boston accent was very much kind of brought into the spotlight in a way that I'd never really observed before. I think when someone makes the effort or when a group of people make the effort to have that attention to detail, it really shows because there are so many cookie cutter TV shows and films and, you know, that a murder plot is nothing new, but the way it's done here really allows all these characters to breathe. Kate Winslet especially you know, the best thing I've seen her do for years. And I mean, Kate Winslet is always very good. She's a, an incredibly talented actor. Um, but in this, you know, she's far from perfect. She, you know, she drinks, she's a little overweight. I assume she's an ex-smoker because she's seen vaping throughout the show. You know, I mean, these aren't terrible character traits, of course, but she's just not perfect and it shows and she gets frustrated. And the biggest thing that she's failing in is finding these missing girls um, that's kind of becomes the metaphor for her failures in life but she she's dedicated and she puts a brave face on it and there's a shot that I really enjoy that comes up more than once I guess she lives at the top of a hill or she she travels on a hill to work every day there's just this really interesting kind of angle and it's moving down and initially you're like, what's going on here? And I guess they put the camera on top of the car or something like that. But it just, it hit me because you see it on a couple of occasions and it just has that feel of, if you've ever driven to work or commuted the same way every day, there's there's usually like one place that you sort of clock, you know, at the same time or roughly every day. And I don't know that that moment I thought was really nice. It really grounded the whole show because it was, She's driving to work again, and here's this view that she sees. And there's something about the way that shot was filmed was really interesting anyway. It was kind of unexpected, the way the camera moves down. It's almost like you're on a really slow roller coaster, but it just fit the tone of this show perfectly. It was a very real, like you say, authentic feeling place. I don't think they overloaded the grit. It didn't feel mannered. The people felt like real people, you know? She was doing better than a lot of the other people in the community. You know, she had friends who were struggling. There was the, the man that was a heroin addict who was having difficulties with his sister. 
he couldn't help himself. Those people were very unfortunate and, and they weren't doing as well as Kate Winslet's character economically, I'd imagine. But then there are people that are doing better. Obviously, the, the, the main girl that goes missing or is killed, sorry, um, she comes from a very difficult background. She's got a young child. Her father, I would see say, seems to have some skeletons in his closet. I mean, he strikes me as a as an abusive fellow. You know, he was quite intense from the get go. So people have got hard lives, but it, it, it never feels like it's dialed up to levels of gratuitousness. They feel like believable problems in a in a believable community. Yeah, and uh, one of the comments uh, Kate Winslet made about Philly after living in New York for so many years and traveling the States was that this, what was striking about Philly, aside from the love of Wawa, um, was that you can see the economic disparities on the same block. Mm. So that was demonstrated with the character of uh, Freddie, who was an addict, and Mayor came into a situation where he... I can't remember what he was doing. Was he stealing something? Or there was a conflict between him and his sister. His sister. I think he was trying to break into his sister's house. Or he Oh, he stole something from his he sister. He stole something from his sister. He stole something from his sister. And she learns that his gas was cut off. Yeah. And then she also offered, you know, suggested to him to go to a shelter, to get a meal. Of course, his sister didn't press charges. Yeah. But she made sure that he was taken care of. And also that the officer on the scene would call uh, Pico Gas to turn um, his heat on because they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Yeah. And you can see small moments there where she did not want to send people to jail or pull them in for petty uh, crimes. It was either personal yeah. <laughs> or it was, a, a, you know, a bigger deal when she stepped in. But going back to what Winslet witnessed when she went to Philadelphia was that. You could see you'd have some really nice homes mm. on one street. Go down the street or around a corner, you can see poverty or drug addicts in the street, etc. And that is um, emblematic of Philadelphia. And that's also something that Terry Gilliam mentioned when he filmed 12 Monkeys in Philadelphia and saying something to the effect of Center City, uh, Philadelphia looks like the Emerald City. However, it is surrounded by like immense poverty. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, that's not a, it's something that was heavily featured in the show, but you've seen it. And you know, I think it was more about you know, the addiction and the troubles and the economic hardships of you know, small town PA. Yeah, there's a real cross section and they use the murder mystery or missing person device to comment on a lot of different themes. Kate Winslet is known in the town as Lady Hawk because of a high school basketball game. I believe most of her friends were also on that basketball team. So she's constantly living in a shadow. Again, the former quarterback, whatever, that's not a new trope. You know, that's something I've seen before, but it worked very nicely in this. And I think it was refreshing to see... Honestly, it was refreshing to see a woman playing this part because this is a part that is often played by a man, traditionally. The the cop with the ex-partner, with the kids that drinks, that smokes, that is maybe a little bit quick to pull their gun or quick to use their fists. They're used to 
do something great when they were a kid or when they were younger, but now they're stuck doing this and they kind of resent the job and they sift through the, the detritus of life. And it always seems to be a guy. You know, we've seen that so many times. And what I loved about this is that they didn't just switch it up. Kate Winslet brings so much to this that you think this role actually works so much better for a woman, for a mother, for someone who does feel like she's carrying the whole community on her shoulders sometimes in her weariness, the way she moves. She's got a hobble through quite a lot of the show because she you know she hurts her foot at one point you know she looks like Balboa or something at the end of Rocky you know I mean not literally but she looks like she's taken a beating in life but she just keeps going she's got that kind of endurance which not everything she does is right but you can really get behind that that sense of not quitting um, and not giving up on anyone really and never letting go you know no matter what people throw at her and she goes through a lot in this show she has a friend who's who's lost a daughter who's missing and that woman's also suffering with with cancer you know i mean no one is having a nice time in this show really she kind of resents her because she hasn't found her daughter and that's another anchor that mayor's carrying around throughout this show and all the family difficulties she's got a great relationship with her mum played by jean smart you know they clearly love each other dearly but they're very kind of prickly and aggressive with each other and they're constantly undermining each other and, and calling each other out and it's you know it's really entertaining to watch i mean there's there's it's it's a whole series there's so much to talk about here i mean i guess i would just say off the bat that i really enjoy this this form of um storytelling you know uh, a one series i think there's what seven eight episodes you know I, i'd happily watch 10 but you know that kind of level i really like i think it allows you to get deep enough into a character it allows for, for many characters to have satisfying arcs, for you to become very familiar with them, but it doesn't outstay its welcome. So I, I, it is becoming something that I prefer more than than just a film on its own. You know, I feel like many films are quite superficial now. Um, and part of that is because they just don't really have the time to dig into them. And I think the proliferation of superhero movies is leading to a lot more ensemble films but they're not long enough to give everyone really as much depth as this. And, and the TV series just makes so much sense. And, and I haven't watched, I haven't watched WandaVision yet. I haven't watched Loki, but I imagine there is, again is an opportunity to give these characters that we've seen in snippets in movies have a bit more breathing space. And, you know, the, the same with um, the Winter Snowman and Captain America and <laughs> <laughs> the Falcon and the Snowman. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I just, <laughs> I really enjoy... And there's so many good people in this. I mean, you mentioned uh, the character of Freddy. I don't even have him on my list, not because he wasn't good, but because I ran out of paper because there are so many roles in this show. And there are even people that maybe could do with a bit more screen time. Um, everyone is is at that level. Everyone's really on their A game. You know, Kate Winslet obviously anchors the whole show, but everyone's really good in this. I don't know if I had to pick standouts. Jean Smart, I thought was absolutely amazing. Like she just played the mother perfectly. Um, just the right balance of protectiveness and needling that the character needed she was a great foil i thought kevin bacon's daughter sosie bacon she played the um, another addict who used to date kate winslet's son kate winslet's son in the show um committed suicide but she's still around she wants her son back who kate winslet's been looking after I thought she was really convincing. I mean, I didn't know she was Kevin Bacon's daughter when I was watching the show. I looked her up straight away because she just looked 
exactly like that character needed to look. She just had the perfect face for it. She looked like a real person to me. I was surprised to see that she was a what I would refer to as a legacy, <laughs> you know, um, because she looked to me like they just pulled her right out of the surrounding streets. Um, and I think Kaylee Spanny played Erin, the girl that gets killed, um, that kind of sets this all off. She was fantastic. I mean, like, she was she was having such a hard life, but she really sold it. And again, she was plucky. She had a baby. She was young. I don't think her dad seemed like a very nice guy. Um, she was stuck living out in the middle of nowhere. She was getting bullied in the way that girls do in high school, but also carrying all this other weight. But she still managed to be positive. She was still optimistic. And I mean, you know, when she goes in the first episode or the second episode, she, that's really tragic. Those were the standouts for me. But I mean, take your pick, you know, throw a dart at this cast and you're going to find someone who's given a great performance. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, I'll go back to Kate Winslet for a second before I mention um, some of the of the notable actors. But this was really difficult for Kate Winslet. She's has trouble releasing this character because she embodied her so much, and she is so much like Mare. Um, she's just as um, determined and stubborn. And also, uh, she might not be what you expect from a Hollywood actress because when she's not on a red carpet or at a function, she dresses the same way. And mm. she's also a mother. And this character that she embodies is suffering from the loss of a son who committed suicide, Kevin. And she delves so deep into that well of loss and anger she couldn't even look at the actor who played Kevin on screen. Every time she mentions Kevin or he comes up or a hint that her grandson, Drew, has any similarities to Kevin or her father who committed suicide mm. due to depression, she would well up. So you would see these snippets and glances, these cracks when she opens up to a doctor or a therapist. And all Mara has is her job. She's great at her job. And it's about control, if you ask me, mm. because she's in a house with two other women. So it's a multi-generational house where you have her mother, who at the end of the series apologizes for dumping so much on, uh, or, uh, on Mare and taking out things on Mare because of the trouble she had with her husband who suffered from depression and killed himself. He was also a detective. Yeah. So, and then she has a daughter who resents her for being the one to find Kevin's body. And you see this underlying anger and while she always sides with her, her father instead of mayor and then mayor's own guilt for not being more supportive of a son who had various issues and couldn't handle it. And this is a combination of such pain and loss and also is uh, compounded by the not being able to find Katie Bailey, this girl who's been missing for a year. It's her friend's daughter who's suffering from cancer and gets a lot of venom from the community as being seen as a failure. Yeah. Kate Winslet you know, made herself look naturalistic during the sex scenes. She made sure that what little of her was exposed was exposed without being covered up. The same for the media. 
making sure that her eyebrows are done in a way where it looks like they haven't been plucked since the death of her son. Mm. Same with the hair growing out. You can see uh, the roots coming in, and then you see the dyed blonde hair, and that length of hair represents the time of these murders, or this murder, and the loss of her son, where she stopped taking care of herself. Mm. So what Kate Winslet carries this show, the writer, um, Inglesby, as well, kind of relinquished the, the, some of the characters to the actors because he felt they knew more about the characters than he did. And so Kate Winslet had rain, uh, free reign. So did Julianne Nicholson, who played Lori, who's yeah. also an amazing standout in this show. Yeah. Inglesby didn't have any actors in mind when he you know, wrote these characters and put them on the page. But uh, Zobel and Inglesby let these characters uh, um, be guided by the actors. And with the COVID situation, too, helped them all bond within such uh, difficult circumstances. They had to be really tight and close if they were going to make this show in the middle of a pandemic. Multiple HBO shows went down. They went down for a couple months as well. But they managed to pull this off. So as I mentioned, Julianne Nicholson as one of the standouts. Also, I can't forget uh, Evan Peters, who played Detective Colin Zabel. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was he, great. Yeah, and he's from Kick-Ass, X-Men, WandaVision, American Horror Story. And this gave this actor an opportunity to play something outside of genre. And this show has a lot, lots of humor due to Gene Smart, Mm. And due to Evan Peters. And it's not over the top. Life is funny. We know a lot of awkward, strange people um, or people that are, you know, we might think are, um, you know, not cut from the same cloth as, as us or, you know, just funny things happen. In a way, the use, they use levity in the show really offset the grim, depressing <laughs> aspects Absolutely. of this show because it's so dark but you see the hope that people have and the support people give to make sure everyone can continue to get on with their lives yeah you have to have that i mean the, some of the funniest things i've ever seen come from straight tv shows or movies where you have that levity i can remember hilarious moments in the wire in sopranos you know breaking bad there's always got to be that release valve moment in this series where um gene smart's character <laughs> gets outed for sort of having an affair at a funeral it's just and it's right near the end you know the whole tragedy is unfolded but it's a really nice moment and i think if memory serves when they're back in the, the car afterwards kate winslet just kind of cracks up like it's just that thing where it's like this might have mattered 20 30 years ago but who cares now you know like the father's dead. The, the mum maybe after that had an affair with, with this guy who, I mean, you don't see that coming at all, but um, it really lands. And the guy has recently lost his wife in a car accident, which is horrible, incidentally, that that moment. <laughs> but those two are really interesting. This old couple, because that's where it all begins. Kate Winslet gets called out on on like, a, you know, they, they've seen someone like breaking into their shed. And of course, that's going to end up being absolutely critical. And honestly, I didn't for one minute think that this first scene in the in this show wasn't going to go somewhere, you know, like it was it was it's not that it was obvious. It's just I I made special 
paid special attention to those old characters because I thought this has got to mean something. That shed is going to be important. And, but they do a very good job of obfuscating that and you do sort of let it slip from your mind. But um, straight away, you know, we see Kate Winslet in her own free time before work going to help this this old couple, you know, and she's begrudging, sure, but she does it, you know, and that's her throughout. I mean, yeah, we could talk at length about how great Kate Winslet and everyone is in this show, but there are so many other things to talk about. I mean, something that struck me... The religious element to the show. So uh, Mare has a cousin who's um, a priest uh, played by an actor called Neil Huff. And he drinks with her mum. You know, like they have this quite nice relationship, the mum and the cousin, which which is something you see regularly. And I, I don't know why. I always find it amusing to see priests or anyone of the cloth drinking or smoking. It's, it's the juvenile Zucker Brothers fan in me. I just think it's funny. There was a British show called Father Ted and, and the guy smoked. And I just always found that image funny because they're supposed to be so pure and virtuous. And I guess smoking isn't, a, a, a you know, a cardinal sin, but nor is drinking. But it just seems funny to me. So he was an instantly likable character. But there's a deacon at the same church. And naturally, when a girl goes missing, he has links to her and he becomes a suspect. And I think that was really interesting because that's... Maybe not such a hot topic right now, but definitely in the last 10, 20 years, um, Catholic priests and children have been a very hot topic and all those things that have happened. But it, this this show raises a really interesting question for all those priests that are virtuous and have done the right thing, but are still going to be suspected or um, scapegoated when these kinds of things happen and i think that's really interesting that kind of balanced approach to life where you know yes for years these crimes got ignored and they needed to be dealt with but now do you then get the situation where every priest is immediately suspected um and and or male teachers for example the work in elementary schools you know it, it, it can be a thorny issue because the world is so much more aware of all the, the things that have happened people can be suspected of things a lot easier and this show dealt with that really nicely you know it, it, it didn't need to it could have easily not involved these characters but i thought that was a really you know it was beyond just a red herring it was a really nice thing to explore and the casting was just perfect because the guy that played the deacon james mccardle his face could be benign and sympathetic as easily as it could be kind of sinister and threatening like he had the perfect balance you just looked at him and thought this guy could just flip Either way, any moment, I don't know. And, and like the way they utilized him and what happens with him is is really interesting. So I thought he was great and I really enjoyed that, that little subplot in the story. And it was like, it felt long overdue. I feel like we've needed to see that side of the kind of Catholic priest debate shown in something for a while. And, and they pulled it off really nicely. I'm not sure if that actor has done much. I know he was in a movie with Kate Winslet that came out uh, earlier this year, Ammonite. Mm. Mm. And I just so happened to just see just an interview about uh, with Kate Winslet about that movie. But he is amazing. Mm. But I would also say, I think one of the words you use is red herring mm -hmm. because it's just the show is littered with them. And the way <laughs> Zobel, you know, films certain scenes with certain actors, you know, the way that... Um, the, the camera lingers on them. Yeah. You know, it kind of, it 
pushes the audience into a, a certain direction. Based on my count, there are 13 suspects right. <laughs> in this show. Yeah, yeah. And depending on the music and camera work, I agree. Uh, James McArdle yeah. was amazing as uh, Deacon Mark Burton. Mm. Uh, and I really, really felt for him. But the show really played it. Yeah. I have Brianna, Richard, a random serial killer, Dylan, <laughs> uh, Kenny, uh, Aaron's father, Frank Sheehan, <laughs> Mary's yeah. ex-husband, yeah. Deacon Mark Burton, Jess, the um, Aaron's best friend, yeah. Billy, <laughs> Billy. Um, that's uh, Lori's husband's uh, brother, Wayne Potts, serial killer. Yeah. Uh, then you have uh, John, uh, Lori's husband, and then Ryan, John and Lori's uh, twin son. Yeah, the, the last person that we saw, <laughs> we saw coming. Right. So there's so many people in this show, mm. but as uh, as you watch it and uh, and pull some of this apart, you just see that the camera linger on people. Yeah. <laughs> for ten seconds, hinting at something more, yeah. and 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 it, and it plays uh, effectively. It keeps you on your toes, and it's the, the draw of the show. Hmm. Each episode had to end on a cliffhanger, yeah. which was very difficult for um, Edsby to write. Inglesby. Oh, sorry. Inglesby. <laughs> Inglesby uh, found it difficult, let alone with the emotional beats, yeah. because the show was filmed out of order like mm. most shows are. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and this show came out perfectly. Yeah, I think... Um Guy Pierce is an interesting one. I mean, he like I've actually written his character name down as Red Herring because <laughs> it's actually Richard Ryan. But I mean, it, it's interesting. We've spent so much time talking about actors and Guy Pierce is a great actor and probably after Kate Winslet, the biggest name on this show. And he's fine, but he's he's peripheral. You know, he's there. He's I think what he's offering is he's taking Kate Winslet's character at face value and and you know seeing the best in her and wanting to spend time with her and he's a desirable guy you know he's a a published novelist you know he's doing talks in the area and and people are kind of you know there's women around him at parties and stuff like that and i think you know that's what he's representing because kate winslet is admired by many of the men in this show you know um but he is almost straight away too obvious i sort of thought it can't be guy pierce because you know, new guy moves to town, people start going missing, the cop falls in love with him, or at least is having a, a sort of relationship. And, you know, but they play it just right. It's never frustrating. And I wanted to see that work out because he seemed like, honestly, he seemed like what she needed. He was he was nice to her. You know, he made her feel special. She's quite withdrawn with him, but you can tell by the way she dresses herself up when she does go on a date with him that she does, like, want this to work out. Like, she won't admit it, but... I think she did want it to work out. And, and the way it pans out in the end is quite nice. It's quite mature. He goes off again and it's sort of left as a, well, maybe we'll see each other one day again. And, and I, I think that was quite nice. She needed that as a character. Yeah. When Mare goes out, she lets her hair down and mm. you can see the blonde. Yep. But then when she's a detective, it's tied up and you see the black and you can see that difference of personalities when she's with Richard mm. opposed to dealing with the day-to-day -day yeah. or um, on the case. And it, they did film an alternative ending where she's still in touch with Richard. Right. 
but they felt that wouldn't play right when you have Lori <laughs> crippled yeah. <laughs> with you know the loss of her whole family yeah um and that wouldn't play as well or at least in, in you know in the eyes of uh the creators of the show i see that and i mean you can see uh, craig zobel the director he um he made a great movie called compliance which is really worth a watch and he made um, a terrible movie called the hunt he did. That, <laughs> they just keep well i haven't watched that yet i can't i can't speak on the hunt yeah, but um, him and lindelof made this show but um, but they did the movie. leftovers too right lindelof yes. and zobel and you can see a lot of the leftovers in this which another show that really digs into characters that are going through absolute hell and just mines these amazing performances and yeah when i when i kind of looked back up at you know, why do I recognize Craig Zobel's name? It's because it had popped up on the credits a lot when I was watching The Leftovers. He didn't direct them all, but he directed quite a few of them. And it makes sense. He has that ability with uh, with actors to, to drive into that kind of stuff. And so there's a lot of similarities there, a lot of links. And yeah, it doesn't always work out. And sometimes you do need yeah, every character has got some kind of cross to bear. And this film, or this show did not need a nice little red ribbon tied up at the end of it. You know, I think I think Kate Winslet's character definitely moved on. You know, I think is it the, the last shot of the show is her going up the, the ladder to the attic where her son was found hanged. I assume he was hanged. He hung himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we don't need any more than that. She's facing it. You know, how it's going to pan out, we don't know. But I think... That's another story, isn't it? And, and I think we have to recognize that as well. I think good writing is we're dipping into this person's life for a period of time and they're moving on with something. You know, they're, they're making some kind of progress in life or, or, you know, something important is happening to them. This is that period of time. And I think if you're a confident writer, that's what you've created. You've picked in a life that had many moments, you've picked the key six months or, or whatever, you know, and I think uh, they, they did that really nicely here and i feel like craig zobel direct did he direct all the episodes of this i feel like he did he did i think it was all he did he directed every episode which again i i like it when that happens just because i feel if i was doing something like this i'd want that whole vision i completely understand why they use different directors to to do different episodes of tv shows it makes perfect sense but you do get more of a an overall feeling of authorship when it's shot by the same person. It doesn't feel like there are any, there's no like bottle episodes in this, you know, it all links nicely and, and kind of plays off. Yeah. I think there's some weaker storylines yeah. and some, you know, low points, but overall um, it's an amazing show. Mm. Yeah. There's certain threads that I feel are odd or, uh, or drops. So um, I'm a bit curious of what had to be cut due to COVID. Maybe mm. some people couldn't come back to the region. Right. Um, also, there there was supposed to be Siobhan's concert. Like, but instead of uh, having a concert, she goes to the radio station. Yeah. So there's some concessions made there. Mm. So I wasn't invested in her relationship with Becco no. or Anne. No. And then Anne all of a sudden disappeared. So I wondered what had happened. Yeah. She was texting Anne and then we never see her again yeah or um freddie's failed attempt to like extort katie bailey's mother yeah where he he's trying to play her and and say that he has her give me five thousand dollars or so yeah and then you know i'll release uh, my daughter like some things just didn't didn't track 
I guess that was just another red herring, wasn't it? Because the suspicion was whoever's got Kate Bailey has probably might have been the person that killed Erin McMenamin as well. So I think when that happened, I felt like that's the way they were trying to lead it. Like, oh, this this is a clue. This is important. And then, of course, you know, when it did turn out to be Freddie, then yeah, it was just it was just another horrible thing, wasn't it? It was just <laughs> like, oh god, just more more horror, just more absolute horror. Well, she, you know? I mean, she was smart enough to br- not uh, not to bring the money. But then, you know, you see this woman, poor woman with cancer, get like a, a tank or something fall, fall on top of her yeah. and comes back battered and bruised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And speaks to, you know, Freddie's sister just to play it all off. Yeah. But the, the way this show is paced and doled out, it just re- reminds me of a, like a really good novel. Yes. Like yeah. all the small details are there. Everything is logical. There's no great leaps. Even this, this, the small town life, we first see Aaron get into that altercation with, um, before she gets murdered. Mm. And just watching that fight or the, the interactions with like everyone there in, in, the, in the woods drinking, and yeah. it all seems too real. Yeah. A teenage girl having a baby and, you know, and her friends or classmates really don't know how to interact with her. Yeah. You know, after she gives her father what a uh, scalding hot oh, microwaved uh, uh, yeah, macaroni. macaroni and cheese yeah, for yeah. dinner, and you just see all this stuff, and you're just like, yeah, this all makes sense. Yeah. And then her, you know, getting catfished and just a fight, and it's recorded on YouTube, and it blows up. Again, believable. Yeah, horrible but believable. Like this just seems like okay. Another day anywhere in America, you can look on Reddit, Twitter, YouTube, you know, the news to see all this uh, play out. Yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah, again, like like we've said, the authenticity factor is is huge in this show. Honestly, for me, just thinking back on it, I think the red herrings and the and the, you know, trying to find out who had killed the girl definitely pulled me through while I was watching it. But honestly, what resonates is the characters so at the time well there's kind of a double red herring close to the end right because you find out who you think has done it and you know like it all seems to be tied up but then you're like well there's a whole episode left this seems strange (laughs) and then obviously there's a there's a sting in the tail or a twist in the tail but i think when it eventually did get solved it couldn't ever be fully satisfying just because i think when there's so many red herrings you're kind of like yeah it's almost dizzying and you're like i don't really care who it is anymore like it gets to a point with me with any kind of who done it where it's like i think what a writer tries to do with those stories is is make you either guess who it is or in something like this almost you decide who you want it to be you know or who you don't want it to be like i don't want it to be her ex-husband because he seems like a nice guy don't want it to be the deacon i you know i, I don't want it to be this guy i don't want it to be that guy i don't want it to be guy pierce and you, you almost kind of start thinking like, well, who can it be? Like the dad seems, the dad seemed like a suspect at first just because he was so, he just seemed to have so much violence in him. Uh, obviously it wasn't him. It did turn out to, to be kind of linked to him. I don't know. I mean, in the end, the way they, they solve it and, and what gets discovered at the end, I think is really, actually really interesting and brought up a question that I didn't expect to be asking even in the sixth episode of this show, which is, you know, what do you do? And this is a big fat spoiler alert, but what the hell? What do you do with a with a child that's committed murder? Because if you just send them away for the rest of their life, that's just A, you've lost one person, you've now just thrown another person away. But B, what's going to come out of prison 
at the end, you know, I mean, like this kid had his reasons. He wasn't, he didn't strike me as a future serial killer. You know, he had his reasons. He made a hugely bad choice that was facilitated by some unfortunate knowledge of the whereabouts of a gun and things like that. But it, it really did, like, I, I found myself pondering, what is the right thing to do in this situation? You know, are you going to destroy another family? Are you going to destroy another life? And I, I found that to be, yeah, that, that I had quite a profound discussion with uh, the person that I was watching it with because I genuinely don't think that kid was going to benefit or society was going to benefit from that kid being in jail for the rest of his life. You know, that family was already destroyed. And I, th- I found that quite interesting. When I, you know, when they tried to say it was the brothers, that I found quite underwhelming. I was kind of like, oh, it's those guys, is it? That didn't really land for me. So I was kind of glad that they moved beyond that. And, and there was a, a nice little twist in the end. But yeah, I, I mean, like I say, thinking back, the actual murder side of things didn't really stick. But the, the characters, the environment, the atmosphere, the performances, that's what sort of resonates. But this isn't what I would think is a traditional detective story or no. murder story. It is about the community, mm. ultimately. And yes, she's on a case, but you're also following all these characters. And mm-hmm. I think that's why you have all these threads. Kind of reminded me of Game of Thrones in the sense of like, it's almost like a cast of thousands. Yeah. You know, it's not multiple kingdoms or anything like that. Mm. It's just one town. It's one community. But you know, you know, you have one neighborhood. How many people are in a family in a house? Yeah. yeah. And you're following all these people intimately, mm. you know, whether we like it or not. And at the same time, there is a case going on. I wouldn't say it's necessarily the background. No, but, but this is her job. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the centerpiece, everything mm. revolves around that. But there's just a lot more going on because we're focused on the humanity and the community aspect of it. And as you were saying with Orion, you know, this kid's life has changed forever. And I mean, and then, let, you know, even just taking out all the poor decisions the adults around them have made exactly you know and, and, and when you watch uh, if you have the opportunity to rewatch it and you see the glances he gives mm. for example when um lori and john go to who's it kenny in prison and said oh maybe you should adopt dj and he overhears in the other room and you just see him look over with this look mm. <laughs> like of anger or, uh, and then and then you have the context of when John is whispering in the room saying, keeping a secret, and, you know, Lori thinks it's, you know, some woman that uh, John had an affair with mm-hmm. years ago. And then later you see the uh, conversations that Billy and John are having at, uh, when John is kicked out the house and mm-hmm. he's living with his father. Yeah. And again the double meanings of all these conversations. Yeah. Ryan, the reveal of Ryan was hidden from most of the cast and crew. Against Ryan being the uh, central focus of the murder was, as you said, was a surprising uh, reveal, mm. but also makes you reflect upon why all the, the adults made bad decisions. Yeah. Everyone to protect this kid, to make sure that he had a future mm. but in the end i mean it all got blown up billy willing to go to jail for him you know john 
be going to prison, you know, I think in, because he couldn't commit suicide <laughs> when yeah. he wanted, wanted to find that out. Yeah. And then Lori ultimately, you know, that betrayal mm. of her just not fessing up to Mero and deciding to keep that promise to John saying, like, you need to protect Ryan at all costs. Yeah. What can you do in that situation? Maybe, um, maybe the courts were leaning on him. Who knows? He's in juvie. But it is something that's, I think, a gut-wrenching uh, situation for any parent. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's a sins of the fathers kind of concept almost, isn't it? You know, I mean, this kid is a product of his environment. The things that have happened have led him to make that decision. And a child, you know, is not able to make that kind of judgment yet. I mean, that's why we need to teach them. That's why we need to show them the right thing. And he was not seeing it. And, and you know, through no necessary fault of the adults either, you know, maybe the adults didn't have the best role models growing up either. I mean, none of these people seem like terrible people. That's the thing. Apart from the guy that kidnaps the girls, he seems like a terrible but also, person. But also, you know, <laughs> like uh, John sleeping with his uh, yeah. was it niece, uh, cousin, um, once removed. So yeah, Kenny's his cousin. I thought Kenny right. was his brother. Right, right, right. I just realized that Kenny was his cousin. So and second cousin, I think you call that, don't you? That's once removed. Once I just removed. met. I just met, met my. Oh okay. Cousin twice yeah, removed good. or something recently. <laughs> so, but it's yeah, it's pretty despicable what John did. Yeah, and it also doesn't put John off the. Ho- I mean, sorry, it doesn't put Ryan off the hook. No, no, no. Because he shot someone. I mean, yeah. you know, he shouldn't have had the gun. He accidentally killed someone, but he, he just shouldn't be in that position or put himself in that position. Yeah. Um, and even the, the deacon beat himself up over it. But still, ultimately, he wasn't the one that pulled the trigger or, or took a gun out. I'm sure a lot of people feel guilt for not protecting Aaron. Yeah. But John is, you know, speaking to the Sarge, saying how, you know, he was having problems. And then him and Aaron bonded and, you know... And they could confide in each other. And yeah. the Sarge is looking at him like he's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he got Mayor there. But then I think Mayor was in such shock that the, the Sarge had to kind of move the conversation away from that and back to, at the time, him thinking that, you know, John murdered Aaron. Yeah, definitely some very murky water. Yeah, a, a fantastic piece of, of television that will spark lots of questions and lots of of interesting conversations with anyone that watches it i think and and as we've said repeatedly just such a great cast you know we haven't really mentioned but david denman who was in the u.s office like completely like different i've never seen him like that before i mean not just because he grew a beard but (laughs) you know playing a very a very different kind of role very convincingly i think yeah evan peter's his his character and you know the way he played it i wasn't sure how it was going to pan out at first you know he seemed like a bit of a hot shot and then what it really did with both uh, colin zabel and mayor is show you that so much of police detection is luck you know he'd had a lucky break once or had he hang on let me think did he, he did he take the credit for someone else's work or something like he wasn't quite the golden boy that you thought he was yeah, so uh, when you see Zabel initially, Mara dismissed him. Yeah. And then he grew on her. Yeah. But you could see that she clearly was leading everything. Yeah, yeah, To the yeah. point where she used him, right? Yeah. And got him killed. And got him killed, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, like that was very, 
I, I felt like it was coming again, but in, in a way where it was like, I only felt like it was coming just before it happened. And I was like, oh man. I mean, he, you know, he um, kind of makes a move on her as well, you know, and, and he takes her out for dinner. He has an interesting relationship with his mum. You know, he still lives at home. So he's somewhat, you know, in a state of arrested development. And he's he looks boyish, Evan Peters. He's got that kind of, you know, wide-eyed look to him, which is a nice, again, a nice foil to Kate Winslet's character. She's a lot more gruff. You know, he he's more positive. He tries to be more optimistic and he's, you know, at least sort of trying to present himself maybe a little bit more professionally, although he does look like a kid in his dad's suit. I think, yeah, he was just perfectly cast and he was a nice guy and it was, yeah, it was it was a blow when he got his head blown off, (laughs) you know. But what a great action scene and for the series to be quite, not slow, but, you know, more about interactions between characters and drama. And then when it does go into a, an intense scene, it, they handle it amazingly, you know, like out of nowhere. That scene's fantastic. Um, and it's great that it didn't feel sensationalized no. or over the top. Again, very grounded. And Evan Peters was allowed to bring more to the character, again, with the improv elements mm-hmm. of, of the show and, and bringing that humor. But his character, uh, Zabel, from what I understand, he did take someone else's credit. Yeah. I believe he was considered a wonder kind yeah. because he solved this murder. And he was brought in because the mayor had all these issues and the public lost faith in her. And I believe someone was murdered, someone related to the victim uh, hired a private detective. mm and I believe the detective, I think, reached out to him or he knew of the detective and maybe initially dismissed the dismissed the detect, uh, private detective. Mm. And then the detective had cancer was or, and died or was dying. Yeah. And he went into his closet and grabbed all the files and the detective did all the work. That's it. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, I wonder how much that is authentic. The idea that, that detectives can become, you know, have this almost local celebrity about them when they've solved a case. I mean, I don't I don't think there are as many um, murder cases where I'm from, but I certainly don't know the names of any police officers that solved any murders from the UK. You know, there's not sort of like celebrities in any way, but it seems like this is something that I do see more in um, US shows and, and, and movies, that kind of sense of if you solve a big case, you know, it's not just professionally that you get plaudits but people seem to know about it in these small towns and i think it's it's interesting because you know there's a great book by the guy that wrote the wire called homicide which is set in baltimore where there was a lot of murders maybe there still is but definitely in the in the late 80s when this book was written there was just hundreds of murders and honestly reading about real police doing real detection it's depressing it doesn't give you a lot of faith that many of these things are going to ever get solved. Like so many of them go cold, as they call it. And these guys have to carry that. And because it's it's not something that's in your control. You know, anyone who does murder someone is going to at least make some effort to cover it up. So straight away, you're kind of, you know, you're behind. And you've just got to hope that people make enough mistakes or you get a lucky break. You speak to the right person at the right time and, and it leads you in the right direction and and you know, this show, again, encapsulated that Kate Winslet's character, Evan's, Evan Peters' character, they're both under so much pressure to succeed 
and to the degree that Kate Winslet is getting abuse for not succeeding in a previous case, what more can she do? You know, she's clearly not a bad cop and she's also got her own life to lead and she's personally invested in both of these crimes, you know, uh, and it's... But she's also her own you know, worst enemy in, yeah. in, in, in many ways. You could see, you know, you see how she rubs people the wrong way when, you know, she tries to buy uh, a tank for Drew's turtle and really, and really, I don't think intentionally insulted the uh, shopkeeper. Yeah. Where he just had to walk away from her. <laughs> you know, like she's so rough around the, the edges. And then again, she then commits a crime by planning evidence on yeah. Drew's real mother. And if she didn't do that, she would be on the case and maybe Zabel would still be alive where then she didn't try to play play on his uh, affection for her yeah. and, to, and use him to still be on the case when she was kicked off. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's great that, you know, and again, she became a hero, but, you know, Zabel's mother called it. Yeah, totally. And and there are costs. She, no one is coming out of this with, with clean hands, are they really? You know, I mean, it, that's the point, I think. And I don't think her methods are justified. You're absolutely right. The decision she makes and she can justify it, I guess. She doesn't feel like Carrie's going to be a good mum. And of course, there's a it's not really a red herring, but it's it's almost a red herring. There's a sequence where, you know, there's a bath happening and you're like, oh, my God, if this kid drowns in the bath. I'm done. <laughs> I'm fucking done with this show. Um, they they knew that that's exactly where the, your mind would go as an audience member. The minute a bath starts getting run, you're like, oh my goodness. And actually the way they handle that in the end is, like, I really like the way they did it. And I think Carrie did probably recognize that she wasn't up to the, to the task. But yeah, again, Kate Winslet could have probably just let that happen and it would have worked out. So maybe she didn't always have faith in every way i guess she did feel like she needed to force things sometimes i think she had to have that the character had to have that she wasn't clean she did make bad decisions she'd made bad decisions in her life and, and, and zabel saw it as well when he was uh in when they were interrogating uh, brianna mm. and just started lying and showing the computer you know the youtube video and seeing all this stuff and zabel's like all right this is over yeah get her out is over the top, but he also could see how personal it was. Yeah. But then we started seeing how everything was personal. Yeah. Because everyone knew Mayor, you know, and everyone's in the community was so intimate, you know, so many angry people. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, there's a, it's no a, shortage of anger and despair and abuse, you know. Yeah. The the, the parents of um, what was the name of the character that Bri- she was interrogating? Brianna? Brianna's parents. I mean, those guys were yeah, they were fun. The throwing the dad throwing like the milk through the window. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, it, it beggars belief, really. I mean, I assume this kind of stuff does really happen, but she shouldn't have been anywhere near either of those cases, really. You know, I mean, it, talk about conflict of interests. Like she was good friends with the first girl's mum that, that went missing. She was close to the family of the of the girl that had been murdered. There's no way you can do that work dispassionately if you're that close to it, you know. But then what do you do in a small town? Like, you know, you can't always bring in, I guess, Evan Peters' character was from the sheriff's department. You know, I, d- I don't know what all the infrastructure of American policing is. But, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of recommendation, obviously, I would highly recommend this show. Granted, if you haven't seen it, I would retrospectively recommend not listening to this podcast but uh 
yeah, no, it was really good. It and I think I haven't rewatched it. I know you have, but I think I, if I ever find time to rewatch anything, this is something that I would like to take another look at because I'm sure there are layers that I didn't spot the first time around. But uh, honestly, even if you do know what's coming, it, this is all about the performances and, like you've said, the community and the characters. So it's definitely a recommendation from me. Yeah, you can see how much effort and energy they put into making the show. Uh, they spent 126 days filming this in the Delaware County area, in and outside of Philadelphia. Um, they took a number of months off um, due to COVID and had to start back up and scale things back, rework the script. But even reworking the script, it was constant, even to the point where sometimes they're writing on the back of like cigarette cartons, <laughs> like getting in different in dialogue and, and takes in. And the relationship between Julianne Nelson and uh, Kate Winslet is uh, palpable. They've known each other for years because uh, Kate Winslet's ex-husband, I believe it was Sam Mendes, mm. was good friends with Julianne Nicholson's uh, husband. And so Nicholson's, ba- one of her babies were born. Uh, Kate Winslet was actually in the hospital and held wow. her child on, on that day. So Winslet went after Nicholson and Nicholson turned it down, turned down the role initially because she didn't think it was media enough. Right. So... Winslet said this is tied into grief and, you know, and spoke more about the deeper um, meanings of the show and convinced Nicholson to become part of the cast. Uh, And then we have Jean Smart, who's also having like a a new awakening. Um, She's now part of the zeitgeist with Watchmen, Mary Easttown and this other HBO show Hacks, which I haven't watched yet, is also critically acclaimed and... Again, Oscar nominate, uh, sorry, Emmy nominations for Jean Smart and her co-star as well, who's a, a first-time, I believe, first-time actress, a, a stand-up mm. comedian out of nowhere. So Jean Smart is again was amazing as Mayor's mother, um, who again she's a part of the comedy relief, but also you could see how she's holding this house together as well as she has a great ipad game i mean the her ipad <laughs> acting skills were on points <laughs> and she also felt similar to kate winslet where this needs to feel real not just like the clothes you know that people wear because the cast would monitor people at wawa's and then try to replicate the same type of clothes, you know, um, for the cast. But the, how she looks and started wearing um, pad, padding to make herself look heavier. Right. So to make the scene more real and less glamorous. And the as we kept saying, just with the, the actors, the boy who played Ryan, again, him and other young actors on this show really were dedicated. And Kate Winslet felt that it was great to help shape these young actors um, in this show and just to help kind of showcase and guide them for you know, future prospects. Yeah, the, the y- younger actors, 
I think some of the Siobhan character's friends, you know, they were kind of like a band. They weren't in it that much, but they really, like, they were just very convincing, you know. You felt like you knew those characters from the first time you you met them, and they really, with hardly any screen time, they did really embody the roles quite well, and that's important, you know. It, it, again, it, it made it feel like a real community that where all these people knew each other, and they looked convincing as well. Most of the people and the young people looked like normal people you know they didn't look like they just walked out of hollywood yeah and i'm, I'm curious about what bubbles people were in mm. uh because it looks like that would also help them bond right you had angry gene smart kate winslet and guy pierce living in the same house right and they were together and i think that's part of that process due to covid they had to stay in that bubble yeah and apparently Kate Winslet had a crush on Guy Pierce because he was a neighbors. He was, yeah. So yeah. And so she said she'd never imagined her, you know, digging in the garbage for recycling purposes with <laughs> Guy Pierce. And this is also their second HBO show that yeah, they, they did, did together. They did Mildred Pierce together. Which was they? amazing. Yeah, yeah. And that was, that was a, a great show. And her and Evan Peters talking about, you know, the Wawa's and Evan Peters loving the... Uh, Thanksgiving Wawa hoagie that has turkey, gravy, <laughs> cranberry sauce, etc. And then like how he, you know, kept devouring them. And and this was a mythical place for Kate Winslet. And then for her just saying, you know, it was great to be there. And I think the love of the area. It's for me, it's just touching to see someone, you know, even though this is not a great showcase of, of uh, Delaware County, but it's still great to see the the affection and care that uh they took when they they made this uh show yeah and speaking of kate winslet and babies in hospitals my brother was born in the same hospital as kate winslet i think on the same day so there's a there's a link you know for me there as well she she was born 15 minutes down the road from where i grew up but my mum was always fond of her for that reason i mean he was aware of that later on when kate winslet kind of came to prominence and i think my mum's always been fond of her for that kind of reason, knowing that they were in the same sphere at some point years previously. Well, I don't know any of these actors from the area like Philly and in the outskirts, but there's a number of local actors there, um, including uh, Mr. Carroll. He was the gentleman who owned the gun that Ryan used. He was great, yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's a Philly actor. Mm. And then also Dylan's father, Okay. Got the gentleman who played Dylan's father and the wife to the restaurant owner, or maybe they both are the restaurant owners. Yeah. Yeah. So they're from the, the area. And, and if you're keeping track, Mayor was shot in Philly, Aston, and Coatesville, PA. If you just want to keep track or if you want to go and visit, you know, <laughs> some of the sights and sounds of a, of a community <laughs> on the de- decline. Yeah. You know, you know, have at it. Walk a mile in mayor's shoes. But uh, to cap this off, the final episode ended on a sermon about reaching out to people who might feel less left behind or in a, you know, left in a, a horrible place, you know, after everything that, you know, after the fallout of what happened in this community. Hmm. And just to see Mayor taking that sermon to heart and not giving up on Lori. And then that embrace and that hug and that fall was even written and they didn't know how they were going to do it, but they did, uh, did it. And I mean, it's just so moving and it's so powerful and this pain that uh, Lori was left in and 
Winslet surmises that you know someone in Lori's position would eventually leave yep. after the fallout of um, losing a family, mm. and um, they never intended to do a second season. Uh, I guess there's murmurs of them possibly wanting to do that, but they feel for now, yeah, this this is it. I can't see a second one coming. No, um, but. Now her uh, Winslet's American accent is really skewed. <laughs> and now when she speaks in an American accent, it tends to go towards the Delco accent. And even when she's helping her son work on plays and uh, when he needs an American accent and, you know, she's working with her son, he's saying, that's not what I need. I need a Southern accent or a different <laughs> accent. And it just comes out Delco. So this is still in her system. And I don't want to say hopefully this is the last we see of Mare, but... I don't know how you would top something like this. This really um, snowballed and became extremely popular, and now um, it's nominated for 16 Emmys, I believe. Right. And let's see uh, if uh, Kate Winslet will get a, a... I think she got an Emmy for Mayor... Uh, I'm sorry, for uh, Mildred Pierce. I think she did, yeah. That, so, that rings a bell. Yeah, so maybe she might get her second Emmy. Yeah, I mean, performance. she definitely would be a, a worthy winner. Yeah, I don't think you can continue with this series. I mean, the, the only way I could even imagine that you could continue it would be to just continue a straight drama about East Town, really, with those characters. And I wouldn't want to see another murder investigation or something like that because I feel it would tarnish, you know, what, what occurred in this story. I think, honestly, this works as seven episodes. And really, for me... What I always want to see next in a situation like this is, you know, where, what's Kate Winslet going to do next? What's Craig Zobel going to do next? What's Brad Inglesby going to do next? What's Gene Smart going to do next? Let's see these people do something different because the knee jerk of second series or sequel or prequel, you know, if people can make something good that's worth watching, give them a chance to now tell a different story because they've shown that they can do it. Don't pigeonhole people into doing the same stuff again and again you know i mean yes it's probably a shame for kate winslet to lose all that work she did in the accent but that's a good actor's job i think is to embody the character that much you know even if it's only a small role so i i wouldn't want to see any more mayor of east town uh again i think you forgot uh evan peters evan peters yeah because he's definitely not coming back <laughs> not just unless they really you know throw a curveball <laughs> He's hopefully we'll see him in more diverse roles going forward. Yeah, and he, he didn't imagine Zabel being as bumbling, or <laughs> or you know the butt of many jokes. You know he drank a lot of uh, apple cider vinegar <laughs> to uh, you know get his role down pat in the bar. So I think he sacrificed a lot between drinking apple cider vinegar and eating all those uh, <laughs> gobbler hoogies from yeah. Wawa. Hopefully that'll pay off for him too. And at the time he was filming this, he was going back and forth between Philly and Atlanta film, filming uh, WandaVision, which is also nominated for, I think, even many more Emmys than Mayor Easttown, I believe. So he's in two big, high-profile TV shows at the at the moment. Yeah, he's he's great. He's very likable. I, I enjoyed him in whichever X-Men movie he was in. Like I, I'm not crazy about those movies, but I remember him being likable as... Is it Quicksilver? Yes. Um, and yeah, him cropping up in a, in a more down-to-earth kind of role, 
yeah, he was he was a lovable character. It was you know, he had to be bumbling, I think, because it gave so much pathos to you know what happened to him. It, it made it all the more tragic. I think if he'd have been cocky or, or you know less likable, then it wouldn't have been as effective. So I think that really worked. Yeah, I look forward to seeing him in in more stuff. Absolutely. So yeah, I think it's a big four thumbs up from BC and Maurice. So please watch Mayor of Easttown, rewatch Mayor of Easttown, keep your eyes out for all of those actors, and we will be back next time with something a little bit different. We're going to be talking about what we did on our summer vacation. Thanks for listening. See you on the flip side. <laughs>